Hey, welcome to the Sunday call, everybody. Um, we're just waiting for more members to come in, and uh, hopefully everybody run in, and then Wynn should be here any minute now. Hi, Ken. Um, <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. We're live now. We speak, Jeff. <laughs> Hi. We're live now. We're on BBS as well. Okay. Hi, BBS. <laughs> yes. I got a quick question for you, Sija. How do you dial into the call from the UK? How are you dialing? Um, Skype. Okay, Skype could do it. Okay, great. Aha. Uh-huh. I talked to Vietnam today. My cousin in Vietnam over Facebook. Oh wow! All the video and the audio quality was excellent. I couldn't believe it. Over like it, they've got really good internet there now. I guess. So That's good. Live, he's going to do some live video for me hopefully this week. Um, he's going to I think it's great. It's pretty unique. It's really growing fast. Quite the. Uh, I shouldn't talk. We're on BBS. I shouldn't talk. <laughs> but everybody, <laughs> yes, it's, it's worth coming in. Everybody, you'll you'll be amazed with the the stuff we do. Uh, <laughs> with the channelings we do. Hi, Edward. Hey, how you doing there, Caesar? Yes, yeah, good. Thanks. Who else have yeah, we got? Great, great food. In Roger Vietnam. and Austin. Oh, oh hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Jeannie and Citrusite. Hi, Jeannie. Right. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Roger, we liked your voice. It's Ken from Mississauga. I love when you come in because you. you got the light, strong male voice, and it's uh, you. You could become a radio announcer as well. Oh, That's boy. That's a good idea. <laughs> I'd be terrified. I think Roger comes in because he's unique, right? I like that. He's got a good voice. <laughs> he's got a good voice. We like his voice. At least I do. I think everybody agree. <laughs> Everybody's nice. Actually, it's, yeah, just knowing the voices, I could tell who was, who's calling in. It's good. Yes, it is. Welcome. Would you like to say your name and where you're from? Hi, this is Terry Marie in Nevada. Hi, Terry. Hi, how are you? Hi. Good. Thank you. Good. I'm really enjoying your music. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> are you still oh, recording? Oh, really? A um, little bit. Oh. A little bit. Well, that's good. Terry, would you go down to Vegas if we come meet you? I, when I go to Vegas next time, we should all meet up with uh, a couple of the people there. Say hello. I come at least okay, once or twice a year. Once or twice a year. You're only 20 minutes out of town, though, I think, from Vegas, I think. Right, right. Who is this? If I rent a car, I go up there, but I don't Ken. always rent a car. <laughs> Ken it's from Ken from Ken, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Just... Here for trade yeah, shows, one or two. I go for trade shows mm-hmm. to meet people and stuff. I, I like Vegas for three days a year. After three days, I want to go home. It's not a lot to do there. I don't know how to live there, actually. I don't oh, know I don't like going into Vegas. <laughs> oh, oh, now they're getting ready for Super Bowl, so it's going to be really crazy. <laughs> Are they having it in Vegas crazy. this year? They're having it in Vegas, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, good. Crazy place. <laughs> Terry, been talking to you this week? 
What? Someone joined in. Welcome oh, to the call, Flexi. Hi, Joan. Hi, Hi, Joan. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Does Terry talk to you during the week between calls or say something or come in ever? Or? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Oh. Almost every day. Welcome to the call. John from Las Vegas. Hi, John. John from Las Vegas. Hi. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hi, CJ. Hi. John, next time I it's Ken from Mississauga. Next time I'm going to try hook up with you when I come to Vegas for a trade show. I'll give you a heads up next time. Sometimes five days a week now or, or more because uh, the the are you still taking? Is, uh, yeah, are you still uh, taking Wednesdays off or not necessarily? Uh, well, this past Wednesday I worked, so I don't know. I might have, I might have to work, you know. Five days or six days, I don't know. It's it's pretty bad right now, the economy. So it's only... Oh, it's not that busy, eh? No, it's very bad. Yeah. Very slow. Okay. Wow. Astrology says that we're gonna get better after the summer once they drop they drop interest rates and stuff, apparently, next fall, I guess. That's astrologers all they pick up. But not till really it's not gonna pick up till twenty twenty five, I've been told. Mm-hmm. There be people for the economy and inflation, and uh, yeah. we had a big backlash in Canada. They used to discount expired food fifty percent, and people relied on that, like fruit and vegetables, or even meats or ch- mm-hmm. chicken. Or and now they the 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 chain got said no, we're not going to discount. We're only going to discount thirty percent. But the food will go bad in the next day. Like I thought, how greedy are you? You know, it's food that, yeah, right. that you have to eat it within a day, right? And I thought, how greedy are you? You know, and yeah, and they're they're it's a fairly expensive it's expensive chain, anyways. They I buy it for top price because because they charge twenty thirty percent more for everything, anyways. But at half price, I'll buy it, but not if it's thirty percent discount. It's the same price as everybody else. <laughs> But discounts. Well, I don't. I don't know how anybody shops at the store. I won't name the name over the air. But it's like, oh, I guess some people. They say they are hurting though. People don't go to the expensive stores anymore because the inflation is just too much money. Mm. Right. I don't think they should. Well, they're great. It's the richest family in Canada that owns it. Like they, they're worth like thirty billion or something. Mm. You know, greedy, greedy. Greedy. And they said, oh, we didn't make money. They said, we didn't make money with inflation. Oh, no, our cost. But all the profits of all the major food companies in Canada have all doubled this time. Doubled. Mm, wow. And, well, there's only five companies or four companies in the whole country that are own 80, 95%. Of them. They all, they're all, they don't compete, really, eh? Welcome to the call. Would you like to say your name and location? It's Wynn in Sedona. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. Hello. Hi, Wayne.
quiet. Let's get started, shall we? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> is, it, is it time? The time is yeah, it's ten after. Oh, oh yeah, of course, it's six o'clock in the evening, UK time. Actually, it's eight minutes past six. Eight minutes past, eight minutes past ten. <laughs> where you're at, it's after eleven. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the call. Would you like to say your name and location? <coughs> oh, if you want to. <laughs> hey, I want to see if you guys can hear this. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. No. Very low. Not not clear. Dolores Cannon, uh, talking about okay. life after death. Yeah. And she's, she's very good. She's very wise. And she did a lot of research on it. And normally, I upload something, and I can play it back at really good volume. But for some reason, I'm not able to upload this, this file. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I listened to her on YouTube a few days ago. Yeah. I listened to her on YouTube a few days ago about that life after death. Very I mean, good. She, she's very good, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, I think she's as good as the Elohim and the information she brings through, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get started. We'll figure out what we're going to do, okay? All right. I don't know if Cecil's here. I haven't heard him. He's probably going to church. Maybe. Welcome to the call. Would you like to say your name and location? Pauline in New York. Hi. Pauline? Hi. Hi, Pauline. You're coming late again. What are we going to do with you?
I'm just kidding. Don't feel like... Um, I know. Better late than never, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I even only come on replays, even. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's really off the timeline of the now. <laughs> Okay. Question. Can I ask a quick question? Because there are people who probably don't know this. I actually don't know it myself. If you want to be on the healing list, is this not the place to do it? Or the one that we do nightly? At uh, no. We don't have a really good procedure to get on that list. Except you can ask on Sunday, and we'll, I'll make sure you get on it, you know? When you send in the form, you can request it on that form saying you would like to be added by um, doing the healing for Just verbally ask on Sunday, you know? Okay. And to get on that list. Positive greetings from Sedona, Lynn. Great to hear your voice. Now, who could that be? <laughs> who could that be? Irene. Hi, Irene. Hi, Irene. Good day, everyone. So shall we get started? Okay, sure. Does anyone know how to start the recorder? Uh, no, you don't know. Well, I did know, but I'm not on the conference panel. Yeah. Here, I can start it. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. The recording has started. This is January 21st, 2024. Lynn and Terry in Sedona, Arizona, and everybody everywhere. And of course, when I say Terry is in Sedona, she's not here physically. She's here vibrationally. She comes to all of our calls and usually 
has something to say on the call. Plus, she brings a bunch of associates and friends from higher realms onto the call with her. And they say they're working and paying attention to all of you who are on the call, which is an incredible benefit to have. And um, so let's give Terry a wave. Hello, Terry. And as you probably know, Terry has done one phenomenal job this lifetime as a channel. We have over 2,000 channelings posted on the internet that were all done by Terry about every topic under the sun that I could think of to ask questions about. And usually we play one or one of them or part of one as part of this call. And we also have the ability to talk directly with Terry on the other side. And we usually do that on this call. So I think it's a very unusual thing we do. And I don't think anyone does anything like it. Uh, has this ongoing rapport with the person who was the channel for all this information and then plays a channeling. And on that note, uh, are we giving Terry a wave? Let's give her a wave and send her some appreciation and gratitude. Now, you know, Terry left this realm in August of last year. And a few days after she left, different people on the call started to say, I think I'm getting messages from Terry. And that includes Terry Marie. It includes um, Shirley. It includes, I believe, Raiden. And who else? also includes um, Stacy, 
who's kind of a new person to the group in terms of channeling Terry. And I think she's on the call tonight. Stacy, are you on the call? Okay, maybe she's not. Well, it's very fascinating to have such an open channel to the other side. Fascinating to me, but because to most of us in this realm, the other side is somewhat of a mystery. I get a telegram message from her too. You're getting a message from Terry? Well, I had a, remember the telegram message I showed you? Yeah. Okay, and John Siboransky is also getting messages from Terry. And she's very diligent in wanting to stay in contact with us. You know, she feels, I'm sure she feels a sense of responsibility for all the messages she brought through while she was in a body and and creating um, this connection with us to the other side. And why do we want to know about the other side? Well, I think we all know we're going to die. Everybody knows they're going to die. And most people don't know much about what happens to them when they die. And how to approach dying. And in all of the calls we've done with Terry, we have, I have made it my point to want to talk about that. Because otherwise, dying is something that we have fear about. And of course, people think maybe this is all there is. And maybe when we die, there's nothing more. And so it's very helpful to learn the actual mechanics of what happens when you die and why it works on 
in that particular way. And of course, one of the things we learned about Terry is that she had other lifetimes where she was channeling. The most prominent lifetime was a woman by the name of Catherine who would go to the local church in Siena, Italy, they'd write down everything she said because they thought God was speaking to them through her. And she became known, she was sainted after she died for all of these channelings she did. And she was called St. Catherine of Siena. And they were compiled in a book which was called St. Catherine's Dialogues with God. And it became a classic and still is Catholic literature. And, you know, I knew Terry for many, many years before she ever channeled. And I had no idea that was one of the things that she could do. And um, And she did one amazing job. So there's a good chance tonight that we'll be playing an excerpt from one of her channelings. You know, when you start to realize the scope of how big the other side is, how many beings are in the other side? How many beings interface with the other side and this realm, particularly our group? And our group has become kind of a, ter ter a terminal because they know we're paying lots of attention to everything. And even studying it, when we take it seriously. And since all of us are on this side in bodies, there's a lot to learn about the other side and how the other side works 
And what happens when you die and you get to the other side? And how should you relate to it? And we've gotten a huge body of information about all of that, which we bring forward on these calls. And just to give you a little bit verbally in my own words, it's like every one of us has a soul. A soul is part of us that does not die. The soul is the recorder of all of our past lives. It has the memory of it all. And it takes more than one lifetime to learn the lessons of this realm. And the soul records all of those lifetimes and can remember them, even when we can't remember them in our physical bodies. The soul remembers our special talents that we developed in the various lifetimes. And can help us access those talents in this lifetime when it would be a valuable experience for us to have. And many times when people discover they have talents, they can be very surprised to learn that those were talents that were developed in other lifetimes. And we are reconnecting with them in this lifetime. For example, in my case, I learned that I was a troubadour in England a thousand years ago. And in this lifetime, I very much identified for many years as a singer-songwriter. And I was bringing in memories from that lifetime as a troubadour when I was doing that. But I didn't know that for quite a few years. And it was amazing for me to realize that it was true that I was a troubadour and that I was bringing in memories and talents from the troubadour lifetime. And I'm sure that's true for all of us. Whatever it is we've done 
And it doesn't have to be something that's highly specialized. Could be just being a housewife and that you learned how to clean a house really well. And you were duplicating the patterns of that in this lifetime. So we go on forever. The soul continues forever. And we keep learning. And we add to the memories that our soul has of the various ways to conduct yourself while you have a body in this lifetime. And it takes many lifetimes to master this and to master all the possibilities. So when we die, our soul continues. And then we have another life. We come into another body and we start a new process of learning more about how to conduct yourself in this realm. And we don't know we're doing it, but we are. And we just repeat that over and over and over again, maybe hundreds of times, until the point where We've kind of mastered it. And we don't have to do it anymore. And we graduate this realm. And we don't need any more lifetimes of experience. And when we graduate this realm, we go to a higher dimension. And of course, Terry is graduated this realm. She's in a higher dimension, which is referred to as 5D. And we are still in 3D. And she has been sharing with us all kinds of details of what it's like to be in 5D. And one of the things that I have observed, and if you pay attention to our calls, you would have observed this, that there's people who have been on, in our calls for a long time, for years, some of them, who died and they graduated to 5D. They didn't have to repeat the lessons of 3D. And uh, 
and they shared with us what their experience was. And this is an amazing phenomena because it, it's an indication that coming to these calls can assist you in graduating from this realm. If that's something that appeals to you. And uh, at various times, we have talked to people who were coming to our calls that died and that did graduate. And we may talk to some of them tonight. And just pay close attention because there are huge lessons to learn about the potentials for coming to these calls and the positive impact on the evolution of your own soul in this realm. And on that note, I thought we would say, start off by saying hello to Terry. And I think Terry Marie is on the call. Terry Marie, are you on the call? I'm here, Wynn. And it's Shirley on the call. Hello, Shirley. Okay. Well, let's start. Let's start off by saying hello to Terry. And. I assume Terry is there. Is Terry there? Yes, yes, most definitely. And thank you so much, Terry, for being here and being the incredible teacher that we didn't know was even possible to have. My pleasure to be here. I'm very happy to be here to spend time with all of you. Continue. Yeah. Well, you have an intrinsic desire to be of service to the people on this planet. I think that's pretty obvious. And it's pretty obvious that I do as well, which is one of the reasons we made such a good team working together, and we still make a good team. And um, not everybody has that desire to be of service. Can you share why it was, why it is, that you had such an intense desire to be of service? Within me to do so, I great passion for people, love of God, spirit, and I just share with everyone how beautiful it is. Help anyone who has a desire to do so, to help them along the path so that they can experience more as I did. 
grow and learn, grow, expand. When you observe people in this realm, do they seem like they're missing this knowledge and that it would benefit them? Can you tell that? They're missing what? A lot of knowledge about how the realm about how the realm works. Uh, and the process of the reincarnation. Yeah, some of them haven't uh, explored or researched or you know, dove into it, uh, but they have it within them to do so, and they may have the feeling within them to do so and just don't realize it. Uh, everyone has the capabilities. Everyone has the ability to grow and learn and, and to tap into spirit. Because we are all spirit, uh, we're all connected in that way. Uh, some they don't they feel it, but they yet they don't uh, acknowledge that it's there. And just that they feel it somewhere along the line, they will they will acknowledge and accept it. And, well, I don't think people can understand why they have no memory of these things, which they don't. When right. you come, every time you come back and you have a new lifetime, it's like the slate is wiped clean exactly. and you don't, you don't remember anything and you're recreating it anew. And you don't know that you don't know you're recreating it anew, but you get involved in the recreation of the new newness of it, and you don't remember what came before. Is that a, is that a pretty accurate description? Yes, yes. But uh, somewhere along the line, something triggers. You get a trigger to. Uh, help you to know that there's something that you need to remember. Yes. <laughs> something inside is trying to awaken you. Well, some, some people get flashbacks of their yes. previous lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And they may not even know it's a previous lifetime. It's like a deja vu sometimes. Yeah, and they get a flashback and they keep referring back to it and then it kind of sets in and they say, oh my God, that's me. And in my case, you know, one of the things that happened to me is when I learned about this past lifetime as a troubadour, somebody told me the story of it, somebody that had the ability to look at those things. And when they told me the story, they were relating everything to my present life and that I was meeting people 
from the troubadour life in the present life. And I could identify them and somehow remember that there was truth in what they were telling me until I was absolutely certain it was true. But I didn't start out thinking, well, I didn't start out being certain. I started out thinking, I wonder if this can be true. And I know in your case, you know, you had memories of being St. Catherine and you didn't have them when you were younger, I don't think, did you? later. Maybe you had flashbacks when you were younger and you wondered what they were. Yes. Yes, that's true? Yes. And then after a while it sunk in. Wait a second. That's me I'm thinking about. And I'm thinking about things that happened to me in that past life with St. Catherine. And um, I think if people paid attention to those details when they happened in their life and start contemplating them, they may get a lot of uh, understandings of past life they had and the way it impacted them. And I do believe you remember other lifetimes besides St. Catherine. Um, I mean, I, I remember you talked about you had a lifetime as a, I think a Tibetan monk, and you were able to slow down your heart. You had all of these things you learned as a monk that you were able to do in this lifetime. Am I accurate? Is that somewhat? Yes, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't very intense, but yes. And then you had memories of a time when uh, some woman who was after your husband killed you in a past life and it devastated you. And you carried a lot of patterns of trauma as a result of that experience in this lifetime. And you want to verify the accuracy of that? I don't think about that. I don't think that now. You don't think about it? But at one time, you thought about it quite a bit. Yeah. 
You don't necessarily think about all the 3D things that have happened to you. Right. No, there's now, so much more, so much more to know and learn. Don't need to continuously look at. Now I know you're still dedicated to being of service to this realm, even though your body is not in 3D. Yes. And how do you manifest being of service now? People reach out to me. People just reaching out anyway. And I feel that I see it and I try to connect with them. People Are who knew you people who knew you in three D reached out to you? Some some and others who didn't know me. But they're reaching out. Someone somewhere. They believe in, in another place, like reaching out to God or the angels or the saints. Or, I see that, feel it. I try to connect wherever possible to comfort them, to let them know that yes, they are making there is someone hearing them mm-hmm. in, in a way that they can. So people can reach out to you that never had a personal connection with you in 3D and still make a connection, yes? Yes, they don't know reaching out to me in particular, but they're reaching out to someone. And you can feel it? Yes. And I assume that that's probably true for a lot of other people who graduated this realm, that when people are reaching, they can, they can make connection. Yes. Especially if it's a loved one that they know in 3D. Mm-hmm. Fast, they think about them. Their thoughts are strong, and they really try hard to, to connect. Yes, I can. Now, your mother and you were somewhat close, and she used to live in your house in uh, on Morendo Street, I believe, and. Uh, and you were taking care of her, and she died. And does she still keep in touch with you on the other side? Oh, yes. Yes. We've been together, yes. And she remembers you. And she remembers, she remembers how you took care of her when she was dying. How about your brother? Does he reach out to you? Brother? Yeah. 
Not as much as your mother, though. But he is aware of your presence. Yes. Somewhere in the cosmos. And he can reach out and realize there's someone to reach back to him. Now, do, do most of us have people who are in our in our lives that we can reach out to and call for assistance? Yes, not everyone. Knowledge, is it? understands that. Yes. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is that um, we've had various people who have been on our calls, and I know they made connection with you uh, when they were on our calls and you were channeling. And do some of those people reach out to you? From 3D, you mean? Well, some of them died. So they reach out from both places? Well, if they've crossed over, then yes, they're in 5D, and we can get it. Yes. Mm -hmm. They do meet me once they come here. Yes, we can. And most recently, it came to my attention that Judy Kane died. Has that come to your attention as well? Very strong. I feel that she's transition. And did she contact you? Can we talk to her? Can we talk to her now? She's not available to speak right. I'm sorry, I'm not understanding you. She, she's not, you say she's not available? Correct. She's here, but she cannot uh, communicate to 3D. Is she in 5D? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, when she was coming to our calls, she had a, a rather um, conservative view 
of the idea of God. And I wondered how her conservative view would have impacted her when she died. Can you share anything about that? Sorry, Marie, I'm not getting a good connection there, Judy. Okay. Did she pass recently? I think in the last few months. You know, her conserv when I say she had a conservative view, I would say that her conservative view was that she thought of God in a very exalted way as the be all and end all. And she was taking in a lot of our information about the Elohim and the Ra group. But um, her, her feeling about God being exalted was very, very intense. And I thought it would be a could be something that obstructed her if she was on the other side. Terry says she can't go into that right now. Terry says what? She can't go into that right now. She can't go into it. And is that because she's still working that out, right? She's still doing some process. Yeah. Okay. Now it's interesting to hear that, to understand it. And can we just send Judy love and support unconditional? Yeah, yes. So let's let's all do that. And support for her husband as well, who I'm sure went through a certain amount of grieving or losing her. What's her husband's name? Terry. Terry Kane. Terry Kane. You know, I think it's hard not to grieve when you lose somebody that you've been close to for many years. I mean, I certainly grieved over losing you. Surprised. 
process we all have to go through. Yes. It's hard to comprehend. Even though we know life goes on, it's still hard. Well, even when we know that people that we loved are still there. Yes. They didn't just disappear. It feels like they did. Because we're so accustomed to having their physical presence. Yeah. You know, they feel that they get used to the intimacy with the other person. And it's no longer possible when they're in different dimensions. Possible, but just not physical. It's possible, but they're just not conscious? They're not physical. The intimacy is still possible, not in a physical manner. What is the what's the intimacy like when it's when it starts to be successful? It's unconditional love felt so much strongly in the higher dimension. Felt it in in the third dimension, but higher dimensions is so much more intense and beautiful. Bigger stronger. You're so beautiful. So is it kind of like a merging of the spirits? Yes. Yes. Oneness. And a feeling of one. A feeling of oneness. Well, I think I can relate to it. Um, I think there are times when you and I have had that experience. Could we say that? Yes, yes, there were times when we had knowingness of each other without words felt each other didn't need words to express it could feel you you could feel me mm-hmm. I think I'm going to play an excerpt from one of the sessions we did.
This is the interface of the Ra and Elohim. From a Monday night call, let's see what we said. This is Winfrey, and this is Monday, July 25th, our BBS conference call. And on every Monday, we pick a topic, and then we query, we ask questions to, I call them a source that has been speaking to me through time. <coughs> For the past uh, eight years, almost, and also Daphne, and um, you know anyone that's exposed to this for the first time, I say this, I and mean, for those of you that are, are regulars, excuse me for saying it over and over again, but it's a rather important concept that when we talk sources in other realms, we don't really have a way to prove that they are who they say they are. And there's a tendency to give up your power and give it to that source. And these sources that we've been talking to don't don't seem to offer much opportunity to do that. They they don't encourage that. In fact, as I understand them, they're not they're here to empower us, not to disempower us. And also this idea that they're there and we're here is only part of the grand illusion. Because in the most accurate sense, they are us. We're them. They're like the ascended part of us and we're the descended part of them. And in the course of my conversations with them, there have been many breakthrough understandings about how realms interact. Things which are kind of a mystery down here. Things, uh, things like who are the negatives? Who is the positive? Who is connected positively with the spiritual evolution of mankind. And in most historical ways, we refer to this idea of God. We have an idea of God. And we think of God in a traditional way as a single consciousness that can be everywhere, do anything, knows everything, and is there for us. Well, it's my contention that these group souls have played that part in this realm since the beginning. And the interesting phenomena about a group soul, and this is something I'm going to say I can't prove, but I'll say it, is that They have the ability to come together and act as one or be separate and come together and act as one and be separate or come together in councils and work together and be separate 
there's a flowingness to the energy. Perhaps um, in human terms, a rough idea of that would be a bunch of guys that are in a family or that do whatever they do, and every Monday night they come down to a local club and play music together. And they happen to be really good. And when, I don't know if you know this about music, but I happen to be a musician. And when you play music, there is this point where if you're playing with really good musicians, you all get psychic. And so they know what you're going to do next. And if if you're listening to good musicians, you sense that. It's very exciting. And that happens in jazz. Probably the uh, group that brought that that idea to the forefront was the Grateful Dead in rock in terms of chanting. So they would come together, and there was this great synergy. And you knew they were of one mind. And that could happen in a sports team where there's one mind. So in a sense, all is one. And when we talk about group souls, it's just another way of looking at the oneness. And one one positive aspect of learning how this works is that in some way, this, this, these other dimensions are invisible. We can't see them. But in some way, as we get this approximate understanding of them, it seems to lead to a better relationship with them. And it's easier to bring in their energies when you can visualize them more closely as to who they are and how they function. Because, as I get it, they really do want to connect with us. In fact, many of us could be looked at as the ground crew, that we decided to take bodies to make this connection, because when we do, we create circumstances for miracles and transformation. And there are negative forces that don't honor free will, that would enslave us, that would do anything they could to keep us on on a string, that constantly work to sabotage work of the positive forces. Now, in, in religious terms, Jesus called these negative forces the devil. But we've learned different ways of identifying them that make them a little bit more how would I say it, less, less abstract, and know that they have bodies, they have spaceships, they, they do all kinds of things, and, um, but their, their motives, their agendas are not beneficent, and they need things from us, and they are willing to take them, violating free will. And it's, it's really a trick to learn how to tell the difference between the positive and the negative. So those of you that have been on these calls often know that we talk to a source that has called itself Ra'an. And Ra'an is a composite voice that 
is composed of parts of the Elohim group and parts of the Ra group. And we've learned that there are two group souls that are at the highest of this administrative process for our planet. And the Elohim group is at the center of it all and radiates energy throughout the universe and can shift things at a quantum level. Both groups can do that. The Ra group, the Elohim group, by and large, has not had incarnations in this realm. That's not absolutely true, because some of them have, but most of them haven't. And according to what they tell me, the ones that talk to us have not. And they are very powerful at the center of it all. Now, the center of it all seems far away, but in the quantum field, the center of it all is right here. You exist in the middle of all the timelines, including the very beginning. So we separated ourselves, and when we, when we break down the separation, we can start to feel them in our space. That's something that many, many people on this line, these lines have experienced. You know, we do three conference calls a week. And this is one of them, and on Wednesday we do one, and on Sunday we do one. They're all different, and um, it's a rather unique thing that we're presenting to people, and if you're interested in listening to our calls, get your pencil out. Go to conference.messageaday.net, conference.messageaday.net. So the other group, soul is the raw group. And the, the Ra group is composed of souls that have gone through human incarnations, maybe thousands of them, not necessarily on this planet, but on other planets as well, and even other galaxies. And they have graduated this realm. That means they don't have any more karma requiring them to come back into the lower realms. And they they still come back. They volunteer to come back. There's millions of of volunteers, according to our information, from the Ra group who have chosen incarnations in this period of time to help with the shift. And even when they choose to come in, once they're here, they forget why they came just like you, just like me. We've all forgotten why we came here. And yet, if I have it right, we've had thousands of lifetimes. And the nature of this realm is that when you take a body, you don't remember anything. You're, each lifetime is starting over, except you carry the same computer. In other words, if you've developed being a great musician, Somewhere in your computer is a program for being a great musician. If you've developed the ability to be highly technical, somewhere in your computer there's that program to be highly technical. So we come in and we carry our computers, and it's the way our life directs itself somewhat determines what program we open. And... Um, you meet somebody that you knew in another lifetime, 
when you are doing something and suddenly the program from that lifetime starts to come forth and uh, you might meet different people and you get a program you have a good connection with and you say, oh, I'm going to start a career. And you meet people from past lives over and over again. But the key is not to focus on the past lives because the past lives are all here. If you can imagine that there is no past and future and that right now you have access to all these different parts of yourself that are here right now. And all you've got to do is impulse yourself to go looking for them and you can shoot them down. Um, may not be as easy as that, but nonetheless, it's possible. And also, we have the rock rope. And as I come to understand the rock rope, you know, I, I, I gave their, their opening description as a group soul that's composed of graduates of this realm. And, and they can work with us. And they can work with us two ways. They can talk with us through a channel who can bring information forth. And they can also send energy to us. Um, it, as I was writing The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, I learned that Edgar Casey and David Wilcock were channeling the Ra group. And uh, right now, David refers to the Ra group as management. I noticed that when I looked at his last blog which is kind of a good way of understanding them. They manage a lot of stuff in other realms. They manage, protect, and they say that they work when they are called. They work with us when they are called. Otherwise, they leave us alone. So somebody has to be looking for them. So what we're going to do is we're going to interview if, as long as they want to do it, I, I, haven't, I haven't asked them. I'm assuming they'd like to do this. You know, we talk to the voice that says Ra'an, and we don't usually separate the Ra group out. We get answers from both, although sometimes the Elohim says there's an answer from the Ra group or, or someone in the Ra group. And as we've come to understand it, the Ra group was very active in Egypt, in the pyramids. Um, in Jesus' time, uh, the rock group was, one time I asked the question to Daphne, uh, when Jesus said, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, I don't want to get clobbered, but I'll say it with that. When Jesus said, Father, who answered his call? The answer was the rock group. So the rock group has looked like God, and so has the Elohim group. And, of course, if you go into the semantics of it, since the whole universe is one energy, and that energy is, could be looked at as God, these are the hugest subsets, to my understanding, of that energy. And they work, they, and they make plans, and they have councils to give opportunities for transformation in this realm. And another thing I've learned is what causes transformation? What is it that one could get out of um, being around a highly evolved 
spiritual person? What would they be trying to do to evolve us? So the way that I've understand evolution, the way evolution works, is that each of us is a human in with a spirit attached to it. And the spirit has the potential to go through many dimensions. We also have an energy system in us, and we have DNA. And when we can bring energy in from higher, let me just say, when we can be in the space of energy that can open up our different chakras, then we open up our DNA. And when enough of it all gets activated, boom, you are now anchored in higher realms and you don't have to reincarnate again. You're now operating in another dimension. And as you keep doing that and go higher, it gets thinner and eventually you're in a pure spirit form and perhaps you're connected with the raw group. So the key is, we did a talk on this one night, this idea of energies that move through your body and activate DNA. So there's seven chakras in the Indian Hindu system which represent energy centers. And there's the solar plexus, there's the heart, there's the throat, there's the third eye, and there's the crown chakra. And so each of those connects to a strand of DNA. So if you're in the space of someone who has an open heart, then that's radiating love energy, then that energy goes, If you, you have to be open to it now. You can't just be in the space. You have to be open. That energy gets received by your heart and then starts activating your DNA. If you're in that space enough, then you will be able to hold that space open all the time. So, for example, if one was very diligent in growing, maybe you would go to a meditation group every morning. And every morning, they bring in the energy of higher spaces. And you sit in those energies, and after a period of time, you incorporate them into your life and hold them. Maybe you go to a religious service once a week. Maybe you go to a yoga class. Um, and maybe you come to our calls. Because on these calls, there's a, that energy is also present. But it's not coming in from the physical. It's coming in from the other realms. Many of you have noticed that. Take a moment when we stop. Sometimes you get preoccupied with listening and it occupies your conscious mind and you lose the awareness or the touch with the other dimensional stuff that's happening. But just take a stop, take a moment and see if your heart feels open. See if you sense a presence around you. It's positive. Some of you feel that, and 
I would believe that presence is uh, uh, one of the ways to group souls make themselves known. In the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, the Rod group said, uh, if you want to contact us, I should read this, but I don't have it in front of me. If you want to contact us, send energy through your crown chakra to us, and we will send it back down in the form of love light energy. And you guys know that we do that every Sunday. That's part of how I developed that meditation that we do. And so many people experience it. Try it right now. Send the energy up through the top of your head. And imagine that there's this loving source that can catch your energy, but not trap it. Catch it and send it back down to you as what they call love light energy. Vin, I, I happened to read it last week, and uh, what I remember reading was what they said is to breathe through your crown chakra. So you inhale, and when you exhale, just pretend it goes through your crown, crown chakra, and they will send it back to you as pockets of thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, breathe in. As you take a breath in, bring in, see the energy going from your breath up through the top of your head and above your head. When? This is Julie. I have found it much easier than that, the time that they did the healing on me. uh, I I just focused my awareness basically at the top of my head, and they came immediately, and I just did that now, and it's so powerful. It's easier than the breathing. Mm -hmm. You know what? Everybody, it it doesn't mean there's one way to do it. Thanks, Julie, for, for sharing. Okay. Um, but um, but in general, I'm just since that was their words, and that's the way they said it. I'm just using that. I mean, really, any time when people meditate, they don't even know it. They're connecting. They're most likely connecting with the raw group. But in any case, I'm going to stop talking and. Uh, And we're going to go into a channeling, and we um, have a lot of time tonight. So we're going to see what we can learn from the Rock Group about how to make a better connection with them, things they've done in the past, and any any guidance they'd like to give to our group. And uh, we have a little invocation to bring in protective energy. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person on this line. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the energy fields of our planets, through the outer energy fields of the Earth, coming through to the top of our heads, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke 
a group energy amongst all of us on this line who would like to participate, maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us and we create a protected space that only the positive has access to, and anything not of that nature must be hell. Now, this is Lynn just making a comment. You notice we asked for their presence. We asked for them to work with us. I didn't use the name Ra or the Elohim, but they're included in that group. I don't like to use their names in that in that particular invocation because when people listen to us who have a predisposition about how they like to name these sources, I don't want to confront their their way of doing it. Um, they don't care if you use their particular name. They care that you've made connection with the energy and can feel it and ask and reach. That's their concern. And so I don't use uh, the names in that context. And if you, some people might say God and feel this energy, and that would be probably the same energy. We'll talk to them about that. This is a very interesting topic to discuss publicly. And uh, I hope Terry's not muted. Maybe you should say something, Terry. Yes. Okay, we hear you. So let us know. Let us know when a source is present. They're present. They are. Yes. So we greet do we... you. Yes. Go ahead. We're ready in time. Pardon me. We greet. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite Creator. This is July 25th, 2011, on planet Earth, and we welcome in. We welcome the contact with each and every person that wishes to make contact with us, and we are available for contact. And I believe this subject. We believe the subject is the connection. And we, as brought on, are speaking as the voice through Terry Brown. Thank you. We, in the connection with us, we are available. And we see religious groups who are praying and who are praying fervently who expand up from their crown chakra five feet, four feet, six feet, and they are seeking so hard to reach connection with all that is where God and we are a part of all that is and we are multidimensional and available and we do hear prayers, and we do work with the individuals 
who are praying and we do make the connection. However, many individuals do not believe since they cannot see the response, they cannot see the energy that is responding, they do not know for sure if they have connected. And so the ones with the faith that they have connected do make the connection. However, in order to better sense that they have connected, they can use following guidelines. There can be a sense of fulfillment, of sense of being heard. There can be an experiencing of a particular energy, a tingling within the pose, a color, a light color. There is some echo we are hearing. Is there a way that we can avert that? Um, there's no echo when I hear you. So it has to be something from Terry's phone. You're coming through very clear. We then will continue. Perhaps Terry can uh, talk and maybe take the microphone off her ear until I need to ask a question. So that way she won't be distracted by the echo because it's not affecting us. Um, we do not wish to get too much into the tech technology and that we're talking and into the phone okay. will uh, not be heard because the earphone is wireless. So we will just put up with this. We see connection is made. We can sense what individuals are praying for, the more fervent and the more intention behind the prayer, the more the person seeking the change that they are praying about, the more the prayer will penetrate the dimensions. And it will not only be heard by us, but it will be heard by all that is and it will set synchronicities going to help affect the change, not only with us, and there are millions of us, so we can put a lot of shoulder weight behind the prayer, if the prayer is for the highest good of all concerned. If we hear the prayer 
and the prayer is not for the highest sort of all concern, then usually the intention is not as strong. However, if it is very strong, we do not put our shoulder behind the prayer if it is not for the highest good. That is where witchery and some of the lower forces come in to make takeover scenarios happen. We evaluate a prayer from all standpoints for for the highest good. And if it is for the highest good and the intention is totally behind it with the person praying, then we can put our shoulders so to speak behind it. One of the ways that a person can connect is by reading the raw material. And the energy is, the frequency is contained within the words that one is reading. It vibrates the whole book to that frequency or the whole audio to that frequency and sends that frequency out to the consciousness of the individual. And so this is another way that a person can connect. If one looks at pictures of when free in a state of connection, sometimes one can see our very light pink color around him. The raw group, which we are also a part of for these calls, we appear with blue-colored orbs with individuals from our group seek to connect and to be available in lectures and talks. We also send and connect those orbs with individuals who are praying. There is a group think within our group, and this is expressed in the second part of the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Cayce. When one reads this book, one can feel the energy and can connect with the raw frequencies. We, which includes the section of the raw and section of the Elohim group have merged our energies for the particular purpose of working with this group to increase the frequency that is available to people to make it easier for them to sense the connection. Those are our initial comments on connecting. You may feel love as we as a part of ourselves 
extends to you. I experience great love. Thank you. You know, when someone reaches out without a focus, in other words, they just say, God help me, uh, how is it decided on the other side? Who's going to come forth to, to answer that or assist that? It depends upon the frequency. There are many groups that are assisting. One of the groups is the group of angels that are normally in connection with the heavenly realm. And they may be of the frequency or the inclination or have a specialty that can thus go and can help that individual person. So it is a connection of synchronicity and frequencies that connect the individual that is praying with the individual or individual who will thereby help and will appear and surround the individual and make available possible synchronicities or a bridge to things that will help that individual. Thank you. You know, I, I happen to be open to the Law of One book, Carla Ruckert's Law of One book. And, you know, we give her two of her Law of One books away free on this package we have. But you can go to the package if you go to, I think it's purchase.messageaday.net. Purchase, I think it's like 50 bucks, and you get the reincarnation of Edgar Case. You get a whole bunch of stuff where you can listen in or read these messages from these group souls. And that they have said over and over again that the more you uh, read and expose yourself, the more chance you have of tuning in to their energies. So here is here is something that was said through Carla Ruckert. We have been now this was an entity called Hatan and um who was part of the core group. This is not exactly Ra, uh, but this is what he's saying. We have been contacting people of planet Earth for many, many of your years. We have been contacting at intervals of thousands of years those who sought our aid. It is time now for many of the people of this planet to be contacted. For many now have the understanding and the desire to seek something outside of the physical illusion that has for so many years been involved in the thinking of those on this planet. The process we are stimulating is one which is self-generating. As more and more of those who desire our contact receive it and pass it on to others, then those who receive this passed-on information will then, will then themselves be able to reach a state of thinking and understanding sufficiently to tune, shall I say, with our vibrations in order to receive, receive our contact. So this is how contact works. It is first necessary if the entity is to be able to receive our contact for him to become of a certain vibration as a result of his thinking. 
This is greatly speeded by involvement in groups such as this. And then it's finally done through meditation. In other words, the verbal communications given to the entity by the channels, such as this one, and of course they're referring to Carla Rucker, create a system of thought and a desire for spiritual awareness that raises his vibration. Um, we are sorry we cannot step upon your soil and teach those of your people who desire our service. But my friends, as we have said before, this would be a great disservice to those who do not desire our service at this time. And we are afraid we would have little effect in bringing understanding even to those who desire it. For understanding comes from within. We can only guide. We can only suggest. We are attempting to do this in such a way that the seeking of the individual will be stimulated to turning his thinking inward, inward to that single source of love and understanding, the Creator, that is part of us all. We are very privileged to have you join with us in this great service at this time in the history of your planet. But this is a great time, a great transitional period in which many of Earth's people will be raised from their state of confusion to a simple understanding of the love of their Creator. So um, addressing this to Terry, is that fairly accurate? Yes, it is. The frequency of the individual who is praying is taken into consideration and the entity or the group that is the best suited to handle in a beneficial way the frequency and to be able to operate at those frequencies are the one that will answer the prayer. One needs to be careful. They, they within themselves, do not generate and harbor negativity and negative frequencies in that it is situations like that that they can then pull in negative things, which can be very detrimental. Therefore, one must force her vigilance and maintain their own ethics and purity and positivity in order to connect with sources that are the best help and intention. Yes, thank you. You know, it's one thing to pray and feel energy, and it's another thing to pray and hear a voice. How do you figure out if you can trust the voice that's talking to you when you're praying? There are false gods, false voices that are not from the highest sources, one, by maintaining their own purity and their own integrity, has the best chance to connect with the highest source. If one pays attention to 
support the voices or the concepts brought into the individual are saying, then one can tell whether it resonates for the highest good within them. And if it doesn't, then they need to terminate that connection and reset themselves to be able to bring in the highest sources. The mind generates voices which can appear to be like commands or false information which do not resonate with the individual as being correct. These should be let pass by as there have been many lifetimes that individuals have had in ancient times and much false information has been fed into the computer of the mind so that it goes off like a program of positivity, negativity, so that many times when an individual is being positive, automatically the negative head of that <clears throat> will come in automatically. This should not be listened to, but should be let pass on and go. One should be very vigilant to be a sentinel that they do not act upon such negativity as these are merely circuitry that has been established in the mind. Should be let go eventually run out so that it, the mind does not continue to act in such a positive, negative feedback circuit. Well, I would imagine that when one does this and one prays and one looks for guidance from, I, I, I say outside oneself, but there is no outside oneself. It's all oneself, ultimately. But when one look, it looks for that. If one has a track record of, say, being deceitful or dishonest, or any other expressions of lower negative traits, then that would automatically probably qualify them to bring in negative sources. Am I correct there? Would you repeat that? Well, the question is, if an individual has a track record of... let's say, acting out of integrity, lying and cheating, drinking, and then he prays, would those attitudes make him more vulnerable to a negative source? Yes, it would, in that 
they have past situations that have brought distortions into their field, which then cause the outward look of the individual to be distorted and one can find within their life situations which are not fulfilling which can be by observation to information about where their distorted thinking lies as one naturally wishes to connect with others and to be in harmony and when one finds themselves with distortions that do not make total sense to themselves, there is a sense behind it that they can find. However, there may be distortions uh, that cause them to bring in distorted information where they are bringing in information from the outside and putting their own spin on it. Thank you. Now, how about if somebody is, like, innocent, is um, like an Elohim angelic person? Um, does their innocence protect them from negativity, or can they also have a negative source? When one comes in as an Elohim, they are innocent at the beginning, and they take on the composite of the genetic line and of the body, and of the body systems, which can contain something that is foreign to them in the, it causes them to have some of the impulses of the body system of fight, fight, response and they may have difficulty dealing with this. And with human emotions, which then can get into anger and hostility based upon the survival mechanisms that the body has in computer systems, and it may make it quite hard for the Elohim individual to know how to and the controls of, at the helm of the body and can lead them into uh, confusion. And 
it takes experience with the body system to learn how to use the control systems of the body and balance it with the automatic responses that a body system can experience. Thank you. In the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, the raw group said, we're always surrounded by a, a team of beings who are there to be at our service. Now, I think that's a really nice idea, that, that, that that's true. And could you explain a little more about that and how to take advantage of that team? There is a team that is not even thought of or known. It starts with guardians, guardian beings who watch over an area and give it love and nurturing. There is an intelligence in everything, and one can ask the intelligence of the plant, of the surroundings, of the bush, the tree, of the even the town. One can and one can get information. So this intelligence is interactive with the individual, although the individual very often does not pay attention to this and the individual can come into a lack of connection with our surroundings by not observing the needs of the surroundings where one can harmonize and pay attention to this and then the plants and the surrounding intelligences, very good divas, will work very hard <laughs> to support the individual back. Also, there are very large spirits that are guardians of large sectors of the planet. And there are many levels of guardians and intelligence that works together to make sure the planet and that particular sector is being nurtured. Then there is the angelic realm with angels who watch over for individuals and they stay at a distance, but they can come close if they are needed. And minister love and care and guidance and healing. And then there are higher forces such as the Raghas and such as us, the Elohim group. And we work with these lower realms to nourish and support them. 